When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello folks, it's David here, and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and um, spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. That's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan. You'll also get one additional month for free. Risk free with Nord. It's 30 day back money, uh, 30 day money back guarantee. So all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back. So go and check them out. As I say, it's very important. You'll get peace of mind. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. This is your extra show for the week. Hope everyone is keeping safe and well. My name is Cammy Bell. You may have recognised my voice from previous podcasts that I've done. Uh, I've had a little bit of time out. Um, I recently uh, came back on Heart and Hand, uh, our Patreon network, over the last few weeks. Um, and it is a, a privilege and an honour to be able to speak to you again on Extra. I'm stepping in for Adam uh, this week and uh, massively, massively excited to be back with you. Had some time out, had an opportunity to reflect 
on a few things and I've come out of the experience some plays to say much older and wiser um, and again like you say I've missed the opportunity to speak to you all on our uh, flagship and extra shows joining me on uh, today's show to talk about all things Rangers uh, is my very good friend Mr Andy Barnett Andy thank you for joining me on extra it's my pleasure and I'm so glad that you're back mate it's, uh, it wasn't the same when you were away um, although I did join the podcast during that time so it was an opportunity for me but all jokes aside it's great to have you back and, and, and leading some of the, the main shows which all the listeners get access to so fantastic mate well, welcome back no thank you mate thank you and um Interesting uh, to have you on as a as a guest this week uh, because uh, regular listeners will know, obviously Andy uh, is an uh, an expat based abroad, uh, and I'm very pleased to say that um, he is the perfect man to be able to talk to about certainly a hot topic across the Rangers support coming across the course of this week. Rangers earlier on this week announced uh, their plan to play the first ever international old firm fixture having accepted an invitation uh, to play in the inaugural Sydney Super Cup across in Australia. Um, the aim is that we will play that during the extended break due to the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, and Rangers will travel down under to be able to play uh, an integral tournament, which I think um, has met with some, um, some interesting reaction, Andy. Uh, the, the aim for this tournament, I think, is, is very clear from its commercial purpose. Yes. Um, James Bisgrove came on to uh, our Heart and Hand daily update show uh, on Wednesday with David Egger um, and explained uh, the, the, the kind of mechanisms behind uh, how it all kind of came about, what the, the, the reason for it. Um, and I'm going to say this now, I am fundamentally against this. I do not think I'm alone. I understand uh, the money involved. Uh, as I say, Bisgrove came on and said that this was equivalent to an entire season's worth of, of, of SPL money. Um, I don't think that that really uh, was a decisive uh, argument to be able to swing many uh, naysayers back in the other direction. Um, there was a point, Andy, where I think, you know, as, as, as James Bisgrove mentioned within part of the RTV communication and part of obviously what he said to us in heart and hand, that, you know, he does understand that if there's been any disappointment from Rangers fans, it'll be the same Rangers fans who want success in the park. And those two things are linked. Mm -hmm. But there's a way that you make that money. There's a way that you look to be able to try and bring income into it. Um, I don't think the timing could have been better for Celtic, who I have got zero doubt whatsoever were rubbing their hands at the opportunity to bring this information out promptly uh, and prematurely because there was larger plans, as we understand it, in terms of its announcement. Uh, Celtic looking to obviously, um, what's a nice way of saying this, uh, put the focus elsewhere, I think, given other things which have happened at their side of the fence this week. All in all, I'm just, I'm just incredibly disappointed by a move that my hope was that a board that's full of Rangers fans, because it is, have felt that this would be a good idea and now it is massively come back to bite them in the arse. Yeah, there's a lot to digest there. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm very much against the idea of the tour. I think if we were being honest, it's the opposition that we're facing and the way it's been marketed and billed as the return or the homecoming of, of Ange Postacoglu, which from a Celtic perspective, that's exactly how I would expect them to market their tour. We're coattailing on that and it's angered a lot of fans and I share that anger. If we were playing any other team, 
in any other tournament, I think there would be absolutely no problem with it at all because there are bears in Australia and New Zealand. We have lots of supporters clubs out there and it's great that they will get to see Rangers. But when you hear from um, certain fans from those supporters clubs, and there have been, who say it's great that the Rangers are coming there, but they don't like the fact that we are being associated with Celtic for obvious reasons, and there are many. But the primary, the primary uh, object, kind of objection, is because of how Celtic see us and how we're treated continually uh, by them. Uh, the utter contempt in which they hold us, uh, they refuse to name name us, in, uh, you know, by our our, our name. Uh, they dismiss us as being a legitimate entity within the league. And it's not just their fans, which you can understand. It goes right to the core of their club. Uh, they even ref- have had to apologise for something to do with Walter Smith's eulogy. That's the, the, the people that we're getting into bed with. And I, I, I'm as deeply angered by that as the majority of fans are. What I will say on the flip side is that I will give Bisgrove credit for being honest and admitting that it was nothing other than financial. If he tried to pay us a bit of lip service and say something that was complete bullshit, then I would call him out on it. But he's been honest and saying, listen, that's what it is. But he has totally not read the room. I'm very surprised that the board have not understood the feeling of the fans and thought that we would just say, yeah, I no problem at all. We'll, we'll jump on Celtic's tour and play sec- second fiddle to them, um, given the relationship between them. And final thing I want to make is there is no such thing as a friendly. There never has been a friendly and there never will be a friendly, certainly from the fans' perspective. And that's something that the, the, the supporters of Celtic share. But we're, but we're Rangers fans. I'm only interested in what we think. And... It's just, it's devaluing the the product, if there is such a thing, of the old firm match by having some kind of pre-season tournament. That, it, it just does not make sense at all from a footballing standpoint. So as again, there's a lot of points there. I, I think it was the wrong thing to do. I hope that they do one of two things, that they either back out, which I don't think they will because I believe they've committed to it, or they see this as something that they cannot ever, ever, ever do again and that this is just ignoring the fans which seems to have happened more and more often with this board in recent in recent months and years cannot happen again so they have to either a uh, cancel or b learn a serious lesson and quickly yeah listen and you know what i think that's totally fair i think the challenge andy with with this whole situation is that there's been some some pretty major gaffes the first gaff, I think, is not only the association involved with it. Now, people will counter that by saying, well, we were involved in the Lyon tournament with them a couple of years ago, but we didn't play them in that Lyon tournament, so it was never touted as, a, as an old firm game abroad. This has been purposefully marketed in that way, and there's no doubt that that's what rang games, Bisgrove's Bells, understand that. So the other gaff to that, I think, like you say, is the involvement of, of having to go to Australia, which has got obvious connotations to the Celtic manager. Um, the timing is problematic because I do also believe that people would probably have been more convinced by it had we understood who's going to win the league. And if we'd negotiated this in a couple of months' time, yes, we know that there's there's some heavy-duty finance on the table, but we'd have to go back to them and say, look, if you want this, you're going to have to wait. And if we had won the league, I, <laughs> I genuinely believe that some people would have accepted been able to go to Australia because it would have been a great opportunity to rub their faces in it with, you know, the, the posh, the coglu homecoming of, yeah, here's a guy who came in, spends an absolute fortune, can't win the league. But we don't know sure. that yet. And I think the final thing is, and this is where I, I move the 
the, the the focus off of James Bisgrove and onto the Rangers board and onto the focus in particular of you know the guys in there who who this is not new to them they're not new to the the, the central Scotland environment they're not new to the old firm um, mind games I suppose is the best that we can try and do it because Celtic you know we're told about this my understanding is that there was an agreement of of a unified announcement Celtic leaked it um, and. You know, I don't know why you'd have to tell a a board um, that has had a lot of credit in the bank from Rangers fans. You cannot trust them. Don't trust them. And I just feel that there's a bit of naivety, I think, is probably the base word that I could use. Around this week in particular, they would have looked for anything to be able to try and break that news cycle away from the court cases and how that is beginning to, to, to now start its own momentum. And this gave them the perfect opportunity to do so. So if you'd said, you know, we need to think about it, even if you wanted to speak to some fans, now don't get me wrong, right, that's slightly hypocritical of me because I've been on these shows before and said, you know, if you put, you know, 10 Rangers fans in a desert island, you get 11 RSEs at the end of the week. But you still could have got a bit of the flavour for it. If you'd waited a couple of months and we were league champions with 40 million quid coming in, and then you said, well, we're going to wait to Australia during the winter break, you'll still have some football. And do you know what? The benefit would have been for the guys across there, as you say, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, you know, our friends also the opportunity to see an old firm game in the flesh. I totally understand that. I think the question I would ask you, Andy, is thinking about this and obviously, you know, living abroad as you do, getting to Ibrox is something that you dearly miss. If this was coming to your neck of the woods, do you think you would attend the game? I'd be lying if I said I, I wouldn't attend the game. I probably would attend the game, but I would go with very mixed feelings. Like I would say before, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I don't want to see them because as much as I want to see my team, I don't want to see that other lot, and I certainly don't want to be um, playing some second fiddle to them. Absolutely not. Um, but then uh, when the time arrived, you know, I came and the, and the team was here, there'd be absolutely no way that I could stop myself from going to see them. Uh, I'd, I'd take my family to go and see them, of course I would. So I, I completely understand those that will want to go and see them. As I say, I have no problem with Rangers travelling to all parts of the world. It's something that I said years ago that we didn't do enough of, given that the, the support that we have um, in, what is it, over 150 countries or something like that. It's, it's fabulous that we've got a global support, and we should make sure to cater for them whenever possible. But as you said, Cammy, timing is everything. And if this was offered to me right now, the way it has been to the Aussies, I would be like, absolutely not. I don't want to see that lot. I, I don't want to have anything to do with them uh, other than the domestic games in which we have to play. No way in hell have I got any time for that kind of marketing environment uh, and, and we're going to be used. That's what it feels like. It feels like we're being used a little bit. And I think as Rangers fans, that's happened far too often in, with previous boards, uh, although they never went down this route. It was done in different ways, and I think you know we are kind of hard-headed now after what's happened in the last decade, and we we were always playing um, second fiddle to Celtic when we first came back up. Uh, we we thought we were, we'd had enough of that that we were the big boys again, and they should be playing catch up with us. Um, but this just seems to have gone in a completely direction. I think you're right, Cammy. I think that the board probably would have done this a different way, but they trusted the wrong people. How can you trust? The Celtic board, who have proven time and time again, they know what they're doing with the media. They play every single trick in the book to suit themselves. 
and they've done that again, and it's made us look silly. And I think again that is a big, big issue for for Rangers and and for us as fans because we feel that it's like we our name has been taken advantage of, and nobody wants to have that done to them, but especially in a football sense, where there's a lot of emotion riding on it. With that said, Cammy, I think you're right. If this was announced after, please God, we win the league, and then they say we're going to play Celtic in Australia, I don't think many people would be too bothered about it, as long as we'd gone uh, as champions. But the timing absolutely sucks. No doubts about it. Yeah, so... I mean, I know there, there will be... And I, listen, I totally understand that you hit the nail on the head at the beginning of the show, Andy, where you're obviously talking about their level of disdain for us, and... We we had to, and we did mention this on Hartenhead, if you remember, in the build-up to being able to win the league, we had to learn how to hate Celtic. We had to have the contempt for them that, that they had for us, because that was the only way we were going to be able to beat them in the park. And we do have that, you know, that focus from Rangers fans within the boardroom. There is absolutely no doubt that it's there. This has been a big problem, I think, in a lot of people's eyes. I, I still think that there would have been a pretty level percentage about fans who wouldn't have been happy had we still been going over because they don't want anything to do with them. I'm not getting into, you know, he said, she said thing of, you know, who threw the first one and all that. Listen, this is this is not what we're here to do. The reason why we need to talk about this is because we need to be able to understand and make sure that the board understand that there's an opportunity here where you can listen to what the fans are telling you. I, I, I do hope that there is a way for us to be able to do it because Rangers fans have invested in the club a number of times over in the last two to three years. The money that we've raised has definitely helped been part of, uh, you know, winning our 55th league title. At, at, you know, time of recording, we have five strips out at the moment. Um, and I always have this argument in fans, Andy, when we talk about, well, you know, Castor kind of take the piss a little bit, but they don't. They see it as an opportunity because we buy everything. We do. We absolutely do. There'll be people who are vehemently against this Australia trip who, you know, did the pre-order for that Rangers top the minute they got the email into their inbox. But that is fan loyalty. That's what these people want to do. For years, we couldn't walk down the street and see a Rangers top because we were at odds with our kit supplier. We couldn't promote the brand of the club that we all love and have done so since the day that we were born because we wanted to make sure that our statement and our feelings were heard. And I think where Rangers need to be very careful is that there is that buy-in, there is that belief, there is that trust. Don't take the piss out of it. And this feels a little bit like they've done that. Um, and again, like you say, there's been some big errors in here. And I hope that the, the, the board seriously look at this and say, you know, if this is going to cost us $3 million, even if it costs us $3 million to get out of this, that's worth more in, 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 in goodwill and credit from the, from the base of the fans. So again... Very interesting to see how it unfolds. I hate to start the show on a negative, folks, right? But there's no way that we couldn't not talk about this because it's been massive. It's all we've seen and heard. I was at um, the, the, the St. Johnson game last night. That's And I can tell you at you know a very visceral level, this has got a real, real following behind it. It's very true. Um, and I think that it's it's something which we've got the opportunity for us to be able to, to hopefully stop and rethink... Um, and very, very much reconsider, Andy. Can I ask you, though, Cammy, do you think, I mean, first of all, two questions. Do you think that the, the board will genuinely consider cancelling this, first of all? And second, do you think now it is the right thing to do? Um, and what I mean is is that we've had our voices heard. We don't want it to go ahead. 
But I can understand if the board want to dig their heels in and not pander to every fan's gripe. Given that there are uh, lots of things at play here, the, you said it correctly, James Bisgrove, his number one priority has to generate revenue. That's the, the role of the commercial director and, the, and his department. If they now cancel, then is is that setting a precedent for future? Or can they just say, listen, we, OK, we hear you, we've got this wrong, but we have to go through with it because we're, we, we see the revenue, we see the, the value. And... But in future, we will consult with fan groups on something like this. Like, is there a, is there a middle ground that can be had, or is it a case of like, if you go through with this, we're fucking writing? I, I don't know if I'm being honest, because I think that, like you say, the the resentment towards it last night in Perth was palpable um, in the toxic. stands. It was toxic. Very, you could hear it on the TV how toxic yeah, it was. Very much so, and I hate saying that from a perspective of I think about fans like yourself. I think about you know how easy you know, in inverted commas, that it is for me to be able to access Ibrox and go in to see games. And I would take, I would take taking that for granted, especially last season and, and, and being locked out. So the opportunity to be able to see this, shy of having to shell out a fortune yourself personally, for these guys who, like you say, have never had that opportunity on the other side of the world, I think is, is I think it's a lot. So I, I really do feel for them. But having said that, I think that the board... If this is going to come back further down the road, and we're talking about what I've heard, Andy, I've heard about things like, you know, uh, banning strip purposes, boycotts, you know, cancelled season tickets and stuff like that. So you could say, well, we're making two, three million quid out the back of it. The price actually could be a lot more than that in terms of what you're willing to get from it. And I do actually believe that. I think, like you say, the timing has been key because we're not in great shape. Um, I think it would have been far worse had we dropped points last night. Um, and I was hoping that potentially a, a, a resounding Rangers performance and victory starts to, to shift the dial somewhat. It didn't. Uh, so it's definitely not going away. So my hope is that the board look at it, reconsider it, because I think it's a massive, massive mistake. And I think that if anything's going to happen next, it's going to have to happen very quickly, because I do not believe that we'll recover that sentiment if, uh, if worst case scenario, we, we, we don't win the league as well. Oh, okay. let, let's, uh, let, let's jump on to, to St. Johnson last night, Andy. Rangers uh, looking for their first domestic away uh, win of the year uh, after dropping points from a 2-0 position against Motherwell on Sunday. Um, Andy, going into this one, I, I was curious to see, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it, as to what would happen, first of all, with the goalkeeper slot, because certainly a lot of noise um, following the, 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 the tool draw with Motherwell around whether or not Al McGregor would be able to keep his position um, as, as goalkeeper and, and stay as a, as a number one. A lot of people were calling for John McLaughlin. Geo stuck by him. He retained the slot. Now, again, we'll do a point-counterpoint. I don't know if he should have started. I'm keen to get your thoughts on that because I don't think he's been playing well. Conversely, he uh, he kept the zero, as we like to say, and uh, and kept a clean sheet. We didn't have much to do in, uh, no. in there. But, you know, what more can you ask for a goalkeeper than, than keeping them out? I think he had one save to make in the first half of no. There was a half chance at best. Uh, no, I, I would have got. I would have started with McLaughlin as well. Um, I would also start with McLaughlin against Aberdeen. Uh, the weekend because I think they will pose a bigger threat uh, than than St Johnson did, and I think maybe it is time to 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 freshen that side of things up. There was still an element of panic, you know. You saw that moment with Tav in the second half, where incidentally it did look like the, the, he was fouled McGregor, but 
thankfully didn't lead to anything, but I think there's there's still an element of panic there and we know exactly what Aberdeen are going to do. They scored two headers against us at Ibrox earlier. They got a penalty from a set piece. Whenever they get a set piece, they're going to launch their their players into the box and play a physical game. McGregor does not come for that. So he will not come for balls. I, I do personally want to see McLaughlin play at the weekend. But specifically focusing on last night, yeah, he had nothing to do. But what he did have to do, he did pretty well. And it's, it's very hard to criticise them. And we just hope that uh, a clean sheet is maybe just a wee, a wee boost that the defence and the goalkeeper needs uh, moving forward. That they, They've got one under their belt, they've got three points in the bag, kept the zero. Um, we can talk about the pathetic uh, entertainment that was on show, or lack of, but certainly that the goalkeeper hadn't, hadn't done anything wrong at all. Yeah, I think if you told me last night, if you had the crystal ball that said, listen, what to do is uh, go up there, um, after Glenn Kamara scores in the third minute, that will literally be the last thing that happens in the game. So you just jump in the car and come back. I probably would have bit your hand off for it and I could have watched right. the last 20 minutes in the house. It was not a great performance. Um, we'll come on to that from a Rangers perspective in just a second. It was not a great part. St. Johnson are not great at home. Um, I did look upon it uh, as an opportunity for us to be able to get back onto winning ways um, on the road domestically because that's the Rangers conundrum, of course, is... You know, we struggle to win away, but yet can go over and boss Borussia Dortmund on their own, uh, on their own park. Um, so it was very important for us, I think, to be able to go up there, provide a decent performance, but more importantly, the result, we had to get the three points to be able to come back to it. It was very stodgy. A few, a few chances kind of fell away from Rangers. I think that Scott Arfield was unlucky. Uh, Alfie hits the post. Uh, Colonel Goldson gets a, a goal, uh, chalked off or offside. A bit of a gutter that one, I think, because, he, um, you know, we do want to see him scoring goals again and, and getting on the end of the crosses because they've, they've been very, very important goals that he scored for us in that way, you know, previously. Um, we need to talk about the subs, Andy. Let's really focus on what I think was the main takeaway from uh, the, 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 the game last night, which was uh, we have used one substitute in the last 180 minutes of football. And that almost came at the middle point, which was uh, the last 10 minutes against Motherwell uh, when Kamar Roof came on. Scotty Arfield is blowing out of his arse, I think, within the first 20 minutes of that game uh, last night. We really, really did have guys out there who, for me, have got a lot of legs in their miles. Glenn Kamara, I think, look, this is him now coming back to form, I think. I didn't think he looked great against Dortmund, but we understood He's just come back into the side. He's just come back into the first 11. I thought Lundstrom looked pretty decent. I, I think, you know, keeping him going is very important because he is probably one of Gio's biggest successes since he came in in terms of being able to get a tune out of John Lundstrom. Um, but there's other guys, Andy, I think just look leggy. I think they, they, they didn't start tremendously brightly. Uh, there was certainly a cry for subs around about half time. Um, I don't know if you guys and you know watching at home and in the chats and stuff as well were saying the same, but I just I just don't understand why he's so he's so against it. I just don't I don't understand as to he can look at the same game we're looking at and see that guys are just really struggling with fatigue at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, with regards to Gio, I don't believe that uh, he is a huge proponent of making lots of substitutes. Uh, it might have been Ross or somebody that mentioned that in his time at Feyenoord, particularly in their title winning season, that he used on average one a game or something like that. So he's not a huge fan of disrupting what's going on. 
I have a feeling he might have to learn to change a little bit because this isn't Dutch football. It's far more physical. It's not nearly the same quality of, te- of, of, of technique, but it's far more physical. The pitches are pretty much, by and large, terrible. And the games are coming Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, or Thursday, Sunday. And you're right. I think uh, Arebo look knackered. Arfield is, is, is la- completely lacking energy at all. He tried his best. Uh, Balakin is still lacking sharpness. Um, and Ken, I think, it sort of burnt out a wee bit as well after Dortmund. And is, he's, again, he tries to make things happen, but nothing was coming off because he just didn't have any spark or sharpness in his legs. Why changes were not made, only Gio can answer. The only possible argument I think that he can make was that in the last few weeks we've conceded goals late on after changes have been made and maybe he said well you know what it got to 60, 70, 75 and he maybe thought I'm just going to keep things going because I don't want to risk another late equaliser which tells you a story in itself that maybe he doesn't have confidence in changing things, maybe he doesn't have confidence in the players he had at his disposal on the bench Um, that can be the only explanation I think Gio has but, listen, it's three points, it's a clean sheet. That'll be his his argument. He said, well, you know, we, we, we won the game. He has to rotate now, Kami, or they're going to end up with, with injured players um, or players that are unable to perform at the level that is required in the running. Uh, I, I definitely think Ryan Jack was missing last night. Stephen Davis hopefully come back in. We've got Ramsey still. Uh, so you could you could say maybe that we're short on some numbers, but... I don't know why somebody, for example, Alex Lowry didn't get on for the last 25 minutes or so for our field. Lowry's been chopping at the bit to get in the team, and the times, the two or three games he has played, he's looked absolutely fine there. Um, So why was he not on? Why did maybe Sakala not come on for Kent? Is Kent tired as well? I don't know. It was a very strange one. I'm just delighted that we got the points, because had there been a late equaliser without subs, it would have been toxic. That's that's exactly what I was going to say was... The challenge you've got with where he's at in the moment, right? And I, I, I have spoken to a few people about this since last night and, 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 you know, read some things and just keen to get people's opinion on it. And that, you know, some guys had mentioned that it feels a little bit like he's, if he's, he feels like a manager who's trying to say to the board, you are leaving me without any kind of real form of resource. Therefore, when I do drop points, it's your fault for not giving me the backup. There's an argument to that which I can kind of understand because, let's face it, Ramsey's... I mean, I'm hoping I'm proved wrong when he could have covered this, but he's been zero impact. Uh, quite clearly, he is not fit. Um, and he is definitely not getting into that other than his name, being able to, to force his way into the team rather than what he's actually done. Diallo, again, a waste of time, really, a waste of a project. James Sands was on there. And that's an interesting one, which I think when you talk about guys like Sands and potentially Scott Wright... And I don't agree with it, but I think Lowry probably finds himself within this in that there's probably a fringe of players outside that 11 last night, Andy. So you talk about guys like Sakala, for example. And Kamaru. Yeah, yeah, but I think also Sakala, Kamaru, potentially Borna. But the reason being is because, you know, these guys play in positions where there's very few other options. Barisic and Bassis. That is your left back slot. That is it, right? That's that's all that's happening at the moment. So you know you get Bassi an injury, Borna has to come into it. But then beyond that f- immediate fringe, there is another fringe, and Lowry may find himself within that. Where I think Sands is, where I think, um, you know, Lowry may be or players who can come in, but he just doesn't trust Zirowski. Not so because again, similar to the left hand side, the right hand side has finite options. 
Um, I totally agree with you. I would have brought Lowry in. I like Lowry. I've got a lot of time from him. I've seen him in a couple of B games. Um, the, 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 the boys, Ross and James, who cover our B team games, speak very, very highly of him. I think when he has got his opportunity in the first team, he, he has shown that he's got something a bit different to everyone else. And he's caused teams problems because of the unknown factor. He quite clearly doesn't trust some of these guys because again they're not really getting the opportunity and there will be and you've hit the nail on the head there will be points where people will have to come in because of injury because Scotty Arfield's brain is now overtaking his body in terms of its capability and that's fine because as I've said before Scott Arfield is one of the reasons why we won the league last year because he was tremendous for us he came in he was able to give the team a bit of energy a bit of zip and a bit of boost but that's his game and he wants to be able to come in, he wants to go hunting, he wants to close people down, he wants to cover it. He's incredibly fit for his age, he is. But we also have to manage him. And he can't play continuously all the time when he's already, I mean, I don't even know if running on empties, right? I think, you know, he's past running on empty. He's he's went to that point in the fuel tank where you don't see how many miles you've got left anymore. It's just a, a dash. It's just a question mark of, you know, it's end It's games. below the line. Yeah, 100%, the line. yeah. Uh, you're, wow. you're definitely um, getting to that point with him. And I don't blame him for that because, as I say, he's been excellent for us when he's had the opportunity, but he is starting to, to miss a step now because of that tiredness. It's really difficult. It's really difficult. Even from a game management perspective, subs help break that up a little bit. But adversely, someone else said, you know, well, if you've only got two minutes injury time because of your lack of subs, then that's even easier. You know, you're not going to do that, as you mentioned, that uh, concession of last minute equalisers. No, but it's again, it's the long term plan versus the short term plan. Yes, getting the win and not having too many minutes injury time, which has been our weak spot. I get that, but it's going to add up. And then, you know, there'll be certain games where we're chasing it because we haven't, we're not able to get in front. It's great to be able to get in front and one problem solved. Okay, let's not concede late equalisers. Right, we sorted that, but at what cost? And it's at cost of maybe losing some key players. And I think there's something that's very interesting as well is that if you look at the last few matches, it's this, take out the Dortmund game for a second, but it's the same group of players domestically that carry us Tav, Morelos, Arfield, Ryan Jack when he's played, Bassi. It's those players that are continually every week being the ones that we can rely on. You get flashes from Kent, you get flashes from Aribo. Kamara, thankfully, looks like he might just have clicked back into gear. But, you know, McGregor, Barisic, Goldson have all dropped out of form. It's the same four, five core group of players that I think are carrying the team at the moment. And that's a bigger concern as well, because if they get injured, because of burnout, then we're going to be in this shit. Because there's there's nobody. Yes, Rukowski might be able to come in for Tav. Yes, um, you know you, you can maybe get away with it, with playing Roof a couple of games instead of uh, somebody else. But we lose Tav, Morelos, guys like that. Even Bassi, Barisic is not at it. But losing Bassi, I think, would be a blow. And like you said, Arfield and Jack without them in the midfield, whilst Lundstrom is doing a decent job moving forward, that's not his that's not his game. So. It's it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, we've got nine games left, and I think that um, I think we have to win at least eight of them, including one of the old firm games, of course, and probably draw the other. But we want to try and win all nine, and I think we can only do that if we use the squad, because we're going to end up with a 2007-2008 team that's just absolutely burnt out, trying to fight on three fronts in the running, and uh, we could end up with nothing if we're, if we're not careful. That's, it. That's exactly it. And for the neutral, this must be brilliant because 
even last night, I was keeping a small eye on, on what was happening at their game. You know, nil-nil at half-time. And I think after dropping points to Hibs, they seem to have realised that their performances haven't been fantastic. Um, but, you know, nil-nil at half-time yesterday, they managed to get the win out the back of it. I think, you know, as we've heard elsewhere, they will drop points. There is there is definitely that 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 possibility to happen. And I think... We just need to make sure that we do exactly what we can to be able to try and come away with it. Yeah, I would have taken last night as a, let's just get a win away from home. Let's kind of break that hoodoo. Um, so for a neutral watching this, it is properly neck and neck with two teams that it feels a little bit to me are getting held together with wire and sticky tape at the moment. So I hope I'm sitting here in a couple of weeks and I hope we can, we can speak to each other and say, listen, great to have Ramsey in the team. Great that he's, he's doing all of these things. Diallo, you know, been able to come into it and really properly hit form with it because it does add to the frustrations of the fact that you've got these two incredible talents, valued talents, yet we're not able to get a tune out of them at the moment. So we just have to see what happens next with that. Um, our 150th anniversary uh, celebrations, Andy, begin in earnest um, at home on Saturday against Aberdeen. This is... Uh, a, a number of events are happening across March, um, which you can jump onto the Rangers website to have a look, folks, if you haven't already. Um, being purists, Andy, we're just more interested in you know the 90 minutes of football and being able to try and make sure that we've got um, an opponent kept within its corner that we've had a good home record against in recent years. Um, Aberdeen have obviously had their own changes in personnel at management level. Uh, I think Jim Goodwin is, is definitely looking to be able to try and get a result because he hasn't really come in with the, the usual bounce that managers get when they when they come in and take over. And let's face it, Aberdeen play four games a season whenever they're playing against Rangers. This is one of them. They'll definitely be motivated for it. And I think that we need to make sure that um, we can't just phone this in, irrespective of how we've had against recent performances against them at home. We, we need to be at the top of our game because, you know, Motherwell taught us that lesson. No, for sure, there's there's no room for error now. Um, one thing I will say, and again, this comes off from last night and into the weekend's game against Aberdeen, is that I think it's important that fans channel the anger that they might have over the board and the Australia thing and not let it uh, affect their judgment. I guess it's easy for me to say I'm not at the games and I wouldn't ever dream of telling somebody how to behave, but I think it's important for the team. That the fans have, that the fans have got their back because we're to, they need us. We need them, and they need us in the running. It's that's what we need to do, and um, it's a celebration. It's a hundred fiftieth year anniversary. The team, if they really want to get us on board and get us back on side, can help promote that celebration by getting the three points and winning well. That's the two things you want to do. Win first. That's priority number one. And win well, try to put on a show as much as they can, and that will give the fans a, a, a real good kick off to the the celebratory month for our, our 150th anniversary. Um, but again, as as fans, like let's 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 make sure that we're being positive as well and trying to get behind the team as much as we can because they need us. It's clear that they need us. I thought the support last night, whilst visceral, and we can question the song, but you could hear on the TV that they were behind the team and they sang for 90 minutes as they usually do at away games. Let's try and make Ibrox that fortress so that when Aberdeen turn up, they know that we are, they're coming to our house and they're not going to get, uh, they're not going to leave the, the stadium with anything, um, other than a good beating. That's what, that's what we want. Uh, and I think we've got the players that, that can do it and, uh, I expect to see some changes. Uh, but I would like to see us go and win and, as I said before, win well and put on a show. 
And do you keep McGregor or are you putting John McLaughlin in goals? I said before I'd go with John McLaughlin because I do believe Aberdeen will play uh, four set pieces. They'll try to uh, put a lot of balls into the box and I think that's McGregor's weak spot. Aberdeen are not a team that are going to create, have a lot of creative build-up play and then get shots in goal, which is McGregor's strength. They're a team that, that, physic, that has got the physicality. They're going to try and bully us and they're going to try and launch balls into the box as, as often as they possibly can, I think, especially from, from free kicks. And, and hopefully they don't get them, but if they get corners, and I think we need a steady pair of hands uh, uh, for, for, that, for that challenge and for that obstacle. With that said, I don't think it will happen. I think uh, Gio will stick with Alan McGregor. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think he's he's going to stand by his man and be able to do it. And, and listen, I think that you've covered a lot of the, the, the criticisms that McGregor has had recently about some of his reactions, some of his distribution, which you know we know has never been awesome. We don't mean it like that. And uh, you know, all of a sudden it's become a major issue. What has become an issue is a guy who rarely came off his line is now never coming off his line, which Again, we need to be able to, to fundamentally look at whether or not we can get him to lift that back up again. And if we're not convinced by that, then he has to be replaced. And I know that's incredibly ruthless, but it's But it's he has fact. to be replaced anyway at some point very, very soon. Like The long term um, is, is that he is going to be replaced. Is this his last season or his second last? Either way, he has at the very, very most another 14 months left in him. Uh, at Rangers, I, I I don't think he'll go past this year, to be honest. So we have to plan ahead, whether it's McLaughlin and McCrory fighting it out, or whether we bring in a keeper from, uh, what was mentioned, the, the Schalke goalkeeper or Seagrist or whoever, then fine. But that I think, Cammy, you know, that's it's going to happen. So maybe there's no time like the present to, to prepare for it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's definitely a conversation which is going to continue. I think it's a conversation which is going to continue when Alan McGregor concedes a goal, irrespective of if it's his fault or not, because it oh, yeah. feels a bit to me like it's uh, Oh McLaughlin would have saved that. And that's what's starting to kind of come into it. And definitely I think people are now starting to come around to the idea of potentially replacing him um, coming into the summer. And there isn't a single Rangers fan on this planet that when Alan McGregor does hang up his gloves for Rangers, whether he hangs up his gloves permanently, he decides to go and look at another opportunity or whatever, he will leave with nothing but all of our good graces uh, and, you know, incredible thanks for everything he's delivered for the club and stuff. So, uh, you know, again, like you say, you know that there's players who get to that stage in their careers and they have to make tough decisions. Um, you know, we've got a manager who had to do that. Our last manager had to do that. Um, and it's a very difficult thing for a footballer to, to make that decision. So, yeah, yeah as I say, it'll be... It'll, there's no room for sentiment, Cami, anymore. Like we cannot have sentiment in football. Um, and you're right. Like nobody will ever, ever take away what McGregor's given us. But do we? Let's say, oh, we'll give him to the end of the season because it's he's been such a good servant. Or no, let, let's get the the keeper that's going to be the the safest pair of hands. That's the choice we've got. No sentiment. You know, I I spoke with a couple of Leeds fans the other day who said that they were gutted that Bielsa left, but they conceded that it was sentimental for them. Uh, but they realised there had to be a change, and and it's the same all over the park. You know, as much as we love McGregor and what he's given us, we have to think of the results and the end, the end game, and not for for one player's emotions. No, I think that's totally fair. And do you know what, Alan McGregor would say exactly the same thing. Of course, yeah. uh, because he absolutely wants the best for the club and he wants success for the club. And and I think you know, anyone who's ever seen him play, never seen him shout at Sasa Papach or guys up front who are not finishing chances and stuff as well. He's got a very high uh, standard expects his teammates to be able to try and hold and I think the difficult thing for him is that he makes struggle to be able to do that 
Andy, I think, as you said already, we need to be able to try and come out with a strong performance because this will be a motivated Aberdeen side. Uh, I think one person I'll look to uh, for that is, is definitely going to be Alfie. Um, he loves a wee, uh, a wee goal against Aberdeen. He, I think, needs to probably find a little bit of a spark again. And again, another one of these players who's been doing a hell of a lot, doing a hell of a shift. I think he'll get the extra motivation against Aberdeen. I think the the fans will get behind the team, but they'll also be vocal towards the board if he can make that split. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem for me. I'm not going to lie. I find I find it quite difficult, especially online. And we know social media can be a cesspool at times. But I think people were conflating everything that was going on and channeling into anger towards Gio and the players at times. Uh, and that's what happens with, with football. You know, it's like something's going on and all of a sudden everything's a catastrophe. And it isn't, you know, we're, we're, we're three points off the top. We're in the Europa League last 16 and a Scottish Cup quarter final. Two old firm games still to go and our 150th year anniversary. There's so much positivity that, that we, we should be looking at. But it's, we've had a bad run. And, and, and you know what? Even with the bad run, Cami, I, I, I made this point earlier to somebody. Van Bronckhorst's first 18 games in the league are as good as anybody since Scott Simon, statistically. And yes, we lost a, a six-point lead to a three-point deficit. But that happened with Gerard in his first two seasons. The wheels came off after Christmas, and we were done by this point. This year, we're still in it. It's very close. If we get things right, we'll win the league. We've said that all season. I still maintain it. Despite how bad we've played, uh, for the most part of this season's league campaign, we're actually only three points behind, which you know tells you a lot. So if we can just click into the gear again that, we, that Gio had when he first arrived, when he got that, that bounce... We'll go in and win the title, and it starts this weekend. So, yeah, let's 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 channel everything into into a positive performance as as, as much as we can from the stands, and the players. Yet, yeah, you know, guys, go out there and, and and leave nothing out there for us this weekend. You know, make sure you give it your all, and uh, and I think it will turn out to be a good day. I, I really believe we will win this weekend. I think we've we've been unlucky against Aberdeen so far in the last couple of games, uh, and I don't think we'll we'll make any mistakes this weekend. I think the big phrase I've, I've I've been thinking about in my head as we've been talking about this, Andy, is just stay the course. Yes, it's just yeah, about yeah. being able to make sure that you know it's not about what they do at the other side of the city. Yes, you know you can give a you know occasional glance to it, but we just focus on what we have to do. Being able to try and get there, I, I, I know it's a cliche, but ultimately we need the stadium to be able to try and get behind the team because the support gives them that little bit of energy that you know they, they so dearly need because we know that the players are giving us everything. No one's phoning this in, and I think that's the most important thing for people to to really take away from when you see performances last night. Yeah, they're not great, and I made a bit of a joke about it earlier on as well, but I can still see that there's guys out there trying, um, yeah. and the fans are all behind that. So I think the most important thing is just now, let's just make sure that, as you say, we, we, we look at the opportunity to celebrate a beautiful club being 150 years old, the, all of the success that we've had across, um, you know, that century and a half, and been able to get a result against Aberdeen and, and start our celebrations properly. Hopefully, as I say, been able to make sure that we get on a little bit of a kind of domestic run that seals title number 56. So again, we get back to business on Saturday. That's it for us for this week. For extra, David will be back with flagship on Monday, as per usual. Um, thank you to the executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. Uh, but a huge special thanks uh, to my my guest and friend uh, for all these input. Andy, it's been been wonderful to talk to you, and and thank you for uh, for coming on.
Yeah, no, listen, first of all, thanks to you. It's great to have you back, as I mentioned at the start. Um, I think we're, we're heart in hand is, is, is growing all the time and getting uh, you, yourself and, and Hoggy back was a huge part of us of us continuing to grow. So it's, it's great to be on the show. And just a wee shout out to the Milestones pod, which you've joined me on this week as well. So that'll be out this weekend uh, for, for listeners who, who want to take a listen to some some interesting stats as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to do that, folks, you can head over to tons and tons of your Rangers content on patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Andy mentioned there uh, that we've got the Milestones pod coming out on Sunday morning. It was great. Uh, Andy, James and I uh, all jumped on that. James Tessie, that is not James Forrest, jumped on that. Um, on uh, That'll be with you on Sunday morning and also all of your post-match, your usual post-match stuff uh, following the game on Saturday and all the pre-match build-up. Uh, as I believe it's David and Martin who are in the, the, the media uh, room for us from uh, roughly about one o'clock on Saturday. So you'll start to hear from them uh, and you'll have all of your usual shows across the course of the next week. Please jump on, have a wee look at it. Um, you'll hear some honest opinion and you'll hear some, some opinions from fans. And I think that that's really important at the moment. Andy, thanks again. Um, let's uh, get a brilliant weekend under our belts and most importantly, three points on uh, Saturday. Here, here, mate. Enjoy it. Have a great weekend, folks. Uh, let's get a win, uh, as I say, against Aberdeen um, and make sure that you stay safe out there. Bye-bye. If you check out Rangers Pools, you can try their free-to-enter weekly giveaways. For this week's competition, all you have to do is predict the time of the first goal in our game against Aberdeen this Saturday. If you get the correct time, you could be in to win £100. Go visit www.rangerspools.com and click on the banner on the homepage to enter. Best of luck. Sports Social Podcast Network.